This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Hello, Camp Pros. This is Oliver Gregan, Summer and Family Camps Director at YMCA Camp Duel. And I'm Matt Hansberger. I'm the executive producer of podcasting at Go Camp Pro, and you are listening to First Class Counselors, a special series of the Camp Hacker podcast brought to you by our good friends at Go Camp Pro. This series is for the camp directors to give to their counselors as they hire and prepare them for the upcoming summer. So for our many uh, camp director listeners out there, you'll know that this isn't for you, but we're happy that you're listening anyway. These are for the counselors, those who are coming to change the lives of campers this summer. Because we know that the better your counselors are, the more happy your campers will be, and it'll have them coming back year after year. So counselors, this one's for you. So thank you for tuning in to FCC's Quick Show. We're here to cover one specific topic and cover the essentials as fast as we can. It's the need to knows. The can't go without. The fundamentals. The basics. So today we're going to be talking about meal times. You know, it happens three times a day, so it has to be important. Um, we want to talk about, it's my favorite thing is eating, but today we're just talking about meals. We're going to talk about meal basics, picky eaters, table games and table topics, how to how food fights are more of a memory now than a reality. And of course, some creative meal plans. So you can have fun while you're at the meal uh, that's out of the ordinary. So listen up, first class counselors. Meals happen three times a day. It is one of the most important things you need to know. So let's get started with just talking about how our meals work. So a lot of camps have different types of dining hall procedures or cafeteria or mess hall, whatever you might call it. And we have different ways of serving food and different ways of eating in the dining hall. So we want to talk about that real quick to shoot off the show. So Matt, can you kick us off with how has the dining hall worked for you when you've been a camper? Yeah, so I've, I've had the, the awesome privilege of seeing it work in a bunch of different ways. Um, and my most recent post was at uh, Pierce Williams, which is in the London, Ontario area here in Canada. And um, they do buffet style. So what Part of the reason we're, we're going to talk about this real quick is just to get ourselves on a common lingo about, about how things work. Um, so buffet style is um, at some camps, it's where the campers will go up to a, a table where they and then the campers serve themselves foods, uh, food, and then they can maybe sit where they want or they go back, sit with their cabin. Um, at Pierce Williams, they had a really specific way that I thought was really smart of doing buffet style. So everyone would be outside the dining hall and then you'd get called in. You'd be lined up as a cabin just to make sure everyone's there. And you get called in as a cabin just so that there was some order and people weren't like crowding the buffet line. But then instead of campers going to a table where they serve themselves, they lined up in front of the kitchen staff or whoever was helping in the kitchen for that meal. And the kitchen staff would hand them their individual portions. So they were able to get um, the pre-designed portion of pancakes and bacon, then sausage. And then you like the, the staff literally will like squirt ketchup on there so that all the food was like going back to the table and there was no food left on the table. And then um, there was also what we're going to talk about in, in this uh, episode. There was an options bar that was available for uh, campers so that a camper or a staff and a camper could go up to the options bar. And at breakfast, it was cereal and maybe some like cottage cheese or yogurt. 
And then at lunch and dinner, it was a salad bar. So there was always an option for campers who might not have enjoyed the main course of the meal. Um, and that was more of a campers could go up and serve themselves. And if they were really, really little, we'd have staff help with that. So that's kind of the basic when we sit. So if we talk about buffet style, that's what we're going for. Uh, Oliver, do you want to talk about family style? Yeah. So I've worked at camps that pretty much only use family style. Now, buffet style is not foreign to me. We've used it for outdoor center groups and you know school groups who have come through who wanted that style of eating. However, the really cool thing that you mentioned is you guys actually served the food. You had somebody who was on staff who was plating everything. I've actually never heard of that really, unless it was like at a school setting for us here in the United States. Typically with us in the States with buffet style, you serve yourself. Um, and we actually see with that, there's a lot more food waste because people like overeat. So I love that idea of having that portion control and it really can yeah. uh, emphasize healthy living right there because you can see what your portion is supposed to be based off what the kitchen staff or the knowledgeable staff member is. It, that's really cool. And, and campers can go up for seconds too, right? In, in that style, they can go up when, for us, when seconds were called, that was when they could go back into the line. So it wasn't like we were just giving them that portion. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it, a really good way to control the amount of food going out. And then because the food didn't have to go back into the kitchen, this is for all the directors listening, because the food didn't have to go back into the kitchen, we could actually save it and use it for other meals because it didn't go out and didn't break our health code standards. So there's an added benefit to the buffet style there. Yeah. So on the flip side, what I'm used to is family style meal. So something that we do down here pretty commonly, I know I've now worked at three camps who have done it, uh, is a family style meal. And this means that you're going to have a waiter who is at your table, usually you, you assign them or they volunteer for it because, you know, doing service and helping at the cabin is really a good thing to do. We'll talk about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, but they go up to a serving window. They get a tray that has bowls, plates, spoons, whatever they need for the meal. And then they bring that um, tray of food to the table. It's distributed amongst the table. It's passed around the table. And then once the meal is over, everything goes back onto that tray, goes back up to the window and the kitchen will take care of it or whoever's doing dishes, whatever it might be. So the really cool part about that is the, the family style meal allows everyone to sit at the table. There's nobody individually going up to get food. There's one waiter who's in charge of that meal, but everybody else gets to sit down, enjoy the meal, have a conversation for the time that they're there. And then they all clean up and leave together, which is really nice. Um, <clears throat> Matt, do you have something else you want to mention about food? Yeah, I think, I think when we get for this episode, we're going to cover a bunch of different topics. And like we talked about usually at the start of this episode, it's going to be different for every camp. Oliver and I spent almost an hour before this episode started talking about our different dining hall experiences. Um, so whether the plates are set ahead of time or whether um, one person's going to get the food, whether you call them a hopper to get the food or a scraper to clean up the plates at the end, um, you have to take our suggestions kind of with that context that it might be different at your camp and that's okay that it's different. Um, and our suggestions may or might not work. Um, and you might not have the, if you're a counselor listening to this, you might not have the ability to make some of these bigger changes. It, like you're not, you're not going to be like, okay, we're doing buffet style when our camp only does family style. It doesn't work like that. But um, we, we have some tips for you that'll work for both um, buffet and family style and different styles of dining hall. Cause we know that there's, especially when it comes to meals, there's a very specific way that almost every summer camp does. It. I've, I've almost never seen it done the exact same way twice. I don't know about you, Oliver. No. And especially I find with the cleanup process, there's a lot of differences, right? Yeah. With serving food, you can get a little bit creative and we've talked about maybe three or four ways that you can do that. But really with mm -hmm. the cleanup process, 
some camps are really regimented, you know, plates, then cups, then forks, right? Or it might be everyone scrapes everything onto one tray and then that tray goes up all at once. So really, and this is important, your camp will probably practice how your meals run during staff training. I really hope they do because meals are so important at camp. So make sure you pay attention there in those times. Make sure you volunteer to help with the cleanup. Make sure you volunteer to help help with getting the food. So you can live that experience during staff training before campers arrive. So you know what the expectations are, how it works. You've been through the ringer, especially if you've never been to that camp before. And if you've never been to camp before and this is happening, don't be afraid to have other staff members teach you how this works. You know, we're going to go through some of the other clues in a little bit, but know your dining hall. It's really, really important. Um, the other thing that we haven't talked about so much because we've been talking about serving food is kind of the culture inside of each dining hall, which I think is important. Matt and I really did talk about this a lot before because uh, I come from a camp that's very large. And when the dining hall is very filled with people, we don't make announcements because we know that we're not going to be able to get that message across to everyone in the dining hall. So we try to keep our dining hall a little bit more low key during meals so that people can enjoy their food. No one gets overwhelmed by loud singing or craziness. Not saying that doesn't happen in our dining hall, but we try to keep our dining hall a little bit more tamed because 350 people going wild, it, it can make things a little crazy and a little overwhelming. I'll talk a little bit about some ways you can police that at your camp if that is something that you're thinking about right now. But um, the other side of it, Matt, if you want to talk about that too, is the side where like your dining hall is a program area. You're singing and dancing. So Matt, do you have anything you want to mention about that? Yeah, and, and I think my experience is similar to yours, Oliver, in that the, it, it was a, an emphasis more on the eating and, and conversations within your cabin. And I, where I agree with that mealtimes are like a program, it's something that you as a counselor need to be facilitating amongst your table. Um, there's a lot of intention that goes into it, and, and you'll, you'll hear that in how we bring up each point in this episode. Um, you know, so my camp experience was always that kind of more calm, cool, and collected. We were allowed to um, stand on our benches and sing if our table was fully like scraped and wiped down, and that was kind of a privilege you got to do, but that was at the end of the meal. Um, I've been to some summer camps where they they sing during the meal and there's like, it's like a full medieval times. Is medieval times an American thing or just a Canadian thing? Yeah, there's one down in Jersey that I can't Okay, <laughs> Okay, yeah, okay. So it's, there's like a full like entertainment thing going on and I'm pretty sure the staff never eat because they're always in costume and stuff. Um, and I've seen the happy medium between the two. I think there's benefits and, and drawbacks to each to each style. So again, different strokes for different folks. We're not here to tell you how to run your dining hall. We're here to tell you as a counselor how to make the best of that intentional time you have with the people sitting at your table. Yeah. So as a counselor, just make sure you do understand what that level is in your dining hall and try to figure out where you get there and get a good feel for it. Um, and obviously with every camp, culture changes too. So like sometimes things morph and dining halls might get a little louder one summer, but a little bit quieter another summer. And, you know, it's really up to the discretion of who's that director, who's that leadership staff member who's going to be leading that area. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about some meal basics, some good hints for you while you're in the dining hall. You should know or try to pick up all your, um, uh, do you want to go shot for shot with this one, Matt? Yeah. Yeah. You start us off and I'll, I'll jump in. All right, cool. My first one is know where the cleaning kit is, know where the brooms are, know where the dust fans are, know where a mop is. If you really need one, know how to clean up a mess. Kids are going to spill. Kids are going to make things messy. You don't always have to be the person to clean this, but at least know where you can get the materials that you need in order to help clean it up. Uh, if a kid does get sick or something in the dining hall, you probably should be the one or a maintenance staff member should be the one cleaning it up. Uh, just know like sometimes kids don't feel well. Sometimes they're eating food that might be a little bit 
um, new to them and their body may not react to it properly. So I'm not saying you're probably going to get a kid who gets sick, but just know you need to know where the stuff is to clean it up in case it happens um, or who to talk to. So if you're doing dynahall procedures during staff training, raise your hand and say, hey, where's the broom? Where's the mop? You'll look cooler for it because people will be like, wow, this person knows how to take care of kids. They know what they're expecting. So ask that question, figure out where it is. Matt, what do you got? Nice. I think so. This is a mindset to have as a counselor when you're walking into the dining hall initially. Based on sometimes camps will have assigned seating and sometimes it'll be sit where you want and that might change meal to meal. Um, But being intentional about where you're sitting and where other staff and campers are sitting. So uh, three tips here. One, if you want to switch up locations where your kids are sitting to make sure that they're talking to everyone or if there's like issues happening within the cabin, you can um, get little name cards and put use your co or another staff member to put them on the table ahead of time so the kids know where they're sitting for that meal. It's worked for me in the past. Um, you as a staff member, you should have your, a camper on your left and your right. There shouldn't be too many uh, staff at a table because um, you know, that's, we want to make sure we're spreading ourselves out and not clumping as staff members. Um, and then if so with Pierce Williams with the buffet style, sometimes the staff are going in at different times as the campers were. So the tip that we used was that if you need to reserve um, a, a spot that you could put your water bottle and the staff water bottles usually have stickers all over them or your staff name tag at a place setting. And then the staff knew that they didn't need to sit there because there was a staff already at that table or two already at that table. Um, so just make sure you're being intentional about where you're sitting before the meal even starts. Yeah, I think that's so cool because I know I've worked at camps where the rule is you sit with just your cabin. There's no, like, you go sit wherever you want. And right. one of the big reasons why we do that is so you can track where your campers are eating. So just know as a counselor, that's something you should be thinking about. What are my campers eating? Are they eating every meal? Uh, even if you're doing that spread out. Uh, and then the other thing Matt was said is having a camper on either side. That's really important. But notice, um, but know what your tables are in your dining hall. Some, um, some camps have round tables and some camps have long rectangle tables. So know that you're spreading yourself along those tables as well. Don't also just sit across from your friends. I know that I catch my counselors doing that all the time. Not hating on you guys if you're listening. Loving you as much as I can, <laughs> but you know better. Uh, yeah, good call. So my little hint here, though, is try to be the person who eats last. Um, make sure that there is something on every one of your campers' plates and that they are probably starting eating before you do so. I'm not saying starve yourself. I'm not saying don't eat if a camper is not eating. Make sure you eat during the meal. You need energy just as much as anybody else on that camp. But you got to make sure that all of your campers have some form of an option. We'll talk about picky eaters in a little bit. but it is important for you as a counselor to know that your job is to put those campers first and make sure that they're eating. So the rule of thumb is eat last, all right? But make sure you eat, nonetheless. That's my big one. Yeah, I think that's important. Make sure that you eat too. Like no one likes a martyr where you say like, oh, I haven't eaten in three days because all my campers got seconds. Um, we used to, uh, kind of one of our rules was that um, it, it, in family style, uh, the camp I grew up at was that when the tray came out with first on it, that meant everyone at your table, including the counselor, got first. Um, and we would say that the kids wouldn't, a lesson that we taught was that the kids wouldn't actually be able to have seconds until the counselors have had their first as well. That idea that we're a community and we're all eating together. Again, different strokes for different folks, but um, just don't starve yourselves is the lesson there. Uh, my next tip is just being aware of the meal timing it will really help your program director or program coordinator or whatever you want to call that out so that they don't have to constantly be on you to eat faster 
um, or that your kids aren't slow and you're getting to rest hour or getting to the next thing. You want to make sure you're staying on time. And kids need timing reminders when it comes to eating. They might not be used to eating under a schedule at home. You know, lunches at school are pretty long and, um, you know, or maybe their breakfast is, they're not used to like timing and structure. So giving them reminders that, okay, you know, it's uh, 10 minutes and that means we're going to start cleaning up our plates in, um, in five minutes. So we got to get going and we got to keep moving. Um, so you should be a timekeeper. It shouldn't just be up to, to the directors or leadership staff to keep the timing going. That's a great one. Um, I mean, yeah, keep a watch right. Yeah, man. Uh, next up for me is be mindful of dietary needs and restrictions of your campers. What can they or can't they eat? Know it and be aware. Um, these are really tough and you might want to ask these questions during staff training or do a little research yourself. I know that sometimes it's confusing for people who may not have one. Like I don't have a dietary restriction. So I've been learning about dietary needs as I've kind of gone along. And sometimes it is confusing for people. Uh, I know I have a friend who is dairy free and people ask all the time if she can have eggs. Yeah, she can have eggs, but it's, you know, maybe you just don't know. And that's fine. It's all important to educate ourselves. But when you're a counselor, it's your job to make sure that the kids who are maybe have an allergy to something are not eating that something. So be aware of what their needs are. But also, it's a sign of respect and care if you know, all right, cool, I have three campers who are vegetarian or vegan or have some type of dietary need that they meet, and I'm going to make sure that they have that thing to eat every meal. It shows those campers that you care. It lets other campers know that those life choices are okay and that they can live that lifestyle. and you are going to endorse it. So you're there for them to um, support whatever their choice is. And I think that's just an awesome thing to do. I remember uh, when I was doing a camp director in British Columbia, every single meal, we had a giant chalkboard up front. And as the leadership staff member, we would do this entertaining display of what the meal was. And every single time we mentioned what the dietary uh, restrictions or needs were for every single thing that we were serving. So we would say that tonight's macaroni and cheese does have dairy in it. But don't worry, we have a dairy-free mac and cheese, and we would just have a lot of fun with it too. So, uh, be mindful of dietary needs. Yeah, and I think it's really important. And I think Oliver, you mentioned this briefly, but like that dietary need or restriction or choice is the camper's own to have, right? That that it's not open for discussion. Um, <laughs> if a kid is allergic to peanuts, they don't need to explain what has peanuts in it to the rest of their cabin. Um, and you can model that by saying. Uh, like, so I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I, I choose to not eat meat. And when a camper asks me about it, um, I say like, what do you want to know? And, and then I usually say like, I'm okay talking about this, but remember that not everyone might be. I just use that, that lesson just to, to make sure that we're being respectful to people who might have allergies. Cause being a vegetarian for me, it's a choice. I can talk about it, but for someone who can't, you know, one of my best friends is allergic to tomatoes and I, you know, I don't want to grill her constantly about not being able to eat pizza. She already realizes that, you know, she misses eating pizza. So I don't need to remind her of that. Um, I think another thing in the idea of being mindful is just remember that mealtimes can be stressful for campers. Um, and also that campers can give you a lot of information during mealtime. So it's not your time as a counselor to tune out during mealtimes. You should always be making sure you're still gathering that data on your kids. So which campers are um, you know, kind of just pushing their food around and not eating much. Which of them look sad? Which of them are making connections with their friends? Um, because that that could mean a lot of different things, and not just how how great their day was. You know, when we talk about the very very serious subject of child abuse, um, 
we, we talk about how some of the signs are kids hoarding their food because maybe they don't get a lot of food at home or kids um, uh, not eating because maybe they have an eating disorder um, or there's been some like trauma when it comes to food in their past. So just make sure you're keeping your eyes and ears open um, because it can go beyond just a picky eater, which again, we'll talk about in a second. So just make sure you're gathering that data and being aware and, and remembering that it's not your time to tune out during meals. Uh, my next thing is limit the number of campers you have up from the table at a time. Uh, you can do this in a lot of different ways. You can do it in your head and just kind of keep track and say, oh, we got two up from the table right now. Let's not uh, let everybody just run off. Uh, this is especially important during cleanup times. So uh, I have a hint for in a little bit, but try to keep everyone seated at the table uh, until it's time to go. Uh, this helps you keep track of where your campers are at all times. Uh, a lot of camps will do something funny where they'll have like a canoe paddle or a giant brick or something strange that they carry to and from the bathroom. Uh, some camps will do like a little flag that they put up at their table so people know that there's someone at the bathroom. That way they're not bringing germs to the bathroom on that like paddle over and mm. over again. Mm -hmm. So uh, whatever your camp does, see if there is something like that. If not, just do something small for your table because you know that little table can still be your little micro society of oh, my table has this paddle. This is how we go to the bathroom, but this is how we go up to get extra food. Also, if you bring the paddle up for extra food, it might be really challenging because it's super big. You're trying to carry food. Paddle. But think about what would work for your table and what you would want to do so that you can keep some organization at your table for who's up and who is down. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think my last kind of tip in this, this section of the podcast is that remember where kids are coming from and when it comes to mealtimes, and this is kind of, again, why it's important for you to be on as a camp staff, because um, less and less, I think kids are having the experience at home where everyone's eating together as a family um, or that they're conversing together as a family. So this might be incredibly weird for them, right? Um, you know, how many restaurants have you gone out to recently and seen where kids are just staring at phones? And, and maybe you do that too. And I'm not, I'm not here to shame you for that. I, I personally my partner and I eat a lot of meals watching Netflix and that's just, you know, that's our home dynamic. But at camp, it's so important that we have that opportunity to be together as a group of people and make conversation and talk with each other and laugh and joke and those kinds of things that um, I think remember what you're up against, that society has made a, uh, a great example of a place where kids don't have to talk to each other. Um, so let's, let's, let's be counterculture a little bit. And you as a counselor really have to lead that because they might not, Kids might not know any different, and that's okay, but you know, we have to be the example there. Yeah. I have three more small basic things that you can do in the dining hall to help out. The first is ration your bug juice or your juice or whatever extra beverage you have going on at the dining hall. Get those kids drinking water first. It is so important to hydrate, um, and the dining hall is the place to do it. So say for every two pitchers of water we have, we could have one pitcher of bug juice for the table. Hydration is important. Make sure you do it. The next is cleaning up for the love of the great camp director above. Please do this well in the dining hall. Um, wipe down your tables, sweep underneath uh, afterwards. Uh, make sure your table is clean. Make sure it's ready for the next meal when you leave for this meal. Maybe you don't have to set the table for the next meal, but make sure it's nice and tidy and clean. Um, there's probably somebody else on camp, a maintenance staff member who goes through there and cleans afterwards. And they deeply, deeply appreciate when it is not a giant messy dining hall. Also. It's just a cleanliness area on camp that's really important to keep up. And if there's gross tables, it does not reflect well as a whole. Uh, and then the other important thing 
is the dining hall is an excellent area to teach your campers respect for the work of other people. There's an amazing kitchen staff who cook three square meals a day for every kid on camp. So however big your camp is, it doesn't matter. That's huge. They're in a hot kitchen during the summer cooking those meals. Uh, they do an amazing job. Please emphasize to your campers how awesome your kitchen staff is. Teach them to say thank you to them. Teach them to be appreciative of the food that's being cooked for them uh, in whatever you want and in whatever way you or your camp wants to do that. Um, make sure you do it. I like to say be daily courteous to the kitchen staff and at least once a session have your cabin do something nice for the kitchen staff. It could be writing cards that they can hang up in the kitchen as like, thank you for cooking the food. It could be giving them some type of a present like your cabin could do an arts and crafts assignment and, uh, or an arts and crafts project. It's like a sculpture of kitchen stuff um, so that they know that you appreciate them. Also, another one is just because they're not the only support staff on camp. This is just a quick shout out to the maintenance team as well. See if your kids can do something nice for the maintenance team as well. Say thank you to them because they also make sure the water's running, the heat is going, the fans are on, the air conditioning works, whatever it might be for your camp. They make sure that it is not broken. So thank those guys too. This is just a uh, special service announcement for that support staff at your camp. Thank them. Uh, it's great for your campers to learn that skill. Cool. With that being said, let's talk about picky eaters. People oh, yeah. who want to eat food. Um, let's see. Let's just kick it right off, Matt. What do you have for us? Yeah, I, I think I think Oliver, we're in the same boat that like being a picky eater has never been my problem. Um, it, well, and I love food. Food is so good. And I think, you know what? The reason why I am not a picky eater, I want to give a shout out to Kathy Hansberger here. Um, and, uh, my mom in our household growing up, we had a rule called the no thank you helping. And that was basically that, um, if there was a new food and you didn't want, you didn't want it, you had to have what was called a no thank you help. You could say no thank you. And you had to have one bite of it and chew it a couple times. And you didn't even have to swallow it. You could spit it out into a napkin and throw it in the dumpster, or you could go throw up in the toilet. I'm not saying you should say that to campers, but that that was my household rule, but you had to at least try it. And I think that really helped me as a person not be scared of trying new foods. And I I really think there's just a lot of anxiety with kids um, and with their parenting styles, with parenting styles sometimes too, of not wanting their kids to feel uncomfortable, um, that we don't have kids who are trying new foods. So we instituted that on a camp-wide policy at one of the camps that I worked at. And we got everyone to try no thank you helpings. Um, I don't think my mom was ever more proud than when I brought that to a camp. Uh, but it was really cool to see campers actually trying things. Um, and it was always kind of funny when we gave them a napkin and they could spit out the food if they didn't like it. Um, and I really think that, that you as a counselor need to be an example of that. Um, you need to be like kind of hard and fast when it comes to this. And I'll talk about that in a second. But your example sets the tone for trying new food. Um, and that whole thing around picky eating. So um, just remember that you have the power and, and a no thank you helping is a great way because they don't even have to swallow it. But, oh, 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 and here's the, the other thing is if a camper's like, well, I've already tried that and I know I don't like it. My mom would say, Kathy Hansberger would say, well, your taste buds grow, so they might've changed. So we're going to do a no thank you helping anyway. And it was only until like last year that I started liking squash because I remember gagging at the kitchen table as a kid. And now I like squash. So your taste buds do grow, folks. Yeah, yeah. I like your. Uh, I like the shout out to the mom. Uh, on that side note, I always tell the kids that you know, camp food is not your mom's cooking. 
So at the end of the day, take small portions, try it out first, go from there because, mm. you know, pasta can't, may not be pasta that mom has. So you can portion control a little bit that way. You can always go up for a second. Yep. Um, cool. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about picky eaters here. Uh, the first thing is if you can get a copy of the menu for your cabin, this might be just the next days or maybe the next three days or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's a little tough for kitchen staff to make sure that menu is the exact same that they planned at the beginning of the session. There's a lot of things they worry about with like food orders and all that coming in. So please, if there was supposed to be cornbread in a meal that is set on the schedule and there was no cornbread, I guarantee you there's probably a reason there's no cornbread that was out of the control. Um, so don't freak out too much. But um, see if you can get that menu that you can read off to your schedule, uh, read off to your cabin and let those kids know what's coming up. You'll get a good idea of what is like what they want to eat so you can kind of front load like ooh uh it says asparagus here and i know my kids aren't gonna like asparagus so you kind of get that ahead of time but also that gives kids ownership they know what the meal is going to be so they can kind of start to plan oh oliver told me this morning that there's going to be asparagus at the at dinner tonight i guess i'm going to have to go to the salad bar that's cool right or they might have that conversation with you so you can think about it ahead of time and be like well you know what you don't want to go to the salad bar maybe I can figure out, you know, something else that the kitchen can get for you. Like you, you are prepared. It's always better to know ahead of time, front loading, all that good stuff. We've talked about that. Just try it. Uh, and then the other one I say is be creative with the food that you eat. You know, have a deconstructed sandwich. Uh, use the ingredients that were given the meal to make something else. Uh, you know, it might be as something as simple as, you know, taking lasagna and taking apart the layers. So now it's just like a pasta bolognese instead of like a big chunky big piece of lasagna that the kid doesn't want to eat so now they get normal pasta that they're comfortable because for kids a lot of the time eating is a visual thing it's not an actual taste thing they're still getting used to what things look like and if they look strange they're not going to want to eat it so sometimes it's just switching things up uh, with that being said don't be too creative one time as a camp director i wanted to do a colorful food day we food colored all the food for like a weekend <laughs> programming and it, it didn't turn out as well as i was hoping so um, everyone was a picky eater that day, but nonetheless, you can be a little creative with your kids and make sure that they can have a good meal. They might be more willing to eat if it's not exactly what they didn't want. Uh, Matt, you got something? Yeah, I, I just think, I think we're going to start getting into talking about like alternatives for meals. Um, and like what, what your kitchen staff can offer. So before we kind of get into that, cause this is something that's really different for every camp. Um, I really want you to listen loud and clear to this point that you need to know your camp's policies when it comes to campers getting special meals, because um, nothing is worse than promising a kid that the kitchen can just whip you up a peanut butter and jam or a soy nut butter and jam or a bread and butter sandwich if they can't do that. Um, so make sure you know what the policies are surrounding that. So one, one way that, that we've kind of mentioned a couple of times is having an options bar at your camp. And again, you as a camp director or a camp counselor might not have control over that, but a lot of camps will have some sort of set aside special option that campers can have. So at, at Pierce, it was a, a salad bar that was really well stocked, like three kinds of dressing. We called it our world famous salad bar and really, really talked it up so that kids would know that they could go and they could have some lettuce and croutons and cheese, which are pretty agreeable foods for most kids. Um, you know, but we trained our staff never to promise that the kitchen staff can give them something extra because Sometimes they couldn't. It was just a salad bar. There was a fruit bowl sometimes, but that was it. Um, 
And if you find that your campers are, if we found that our campers continuously were denying all of that food, you know, our policy was one thing where we would say, okay, well, let's wait a meal. And when that kid is hungry, they'll ask for something and they'll eat fruit or they'll eat that thing. Um, so that we're not setting that policy of every kid going up to the kitchen. Um, and we just made sure we told, we said, hey, let our head counselor know when this kid has been mis- either like getting close to missing a meal or something like that. Um, just because they might go home and talk, the kid might go home and talk about that. So you want to make sure you're knowing that as a, a director or within your leadership staff. So, um, but again, uh, I, th- I think Oliver's got some other points too, but just follow your policies. Please. Yeah. Uh, and definitely on that point, another thing is uh, being a creative counselor and going out and spending your own money and buying food that you know that camper will eat. I can think I can speak maybe as a camp director, probably don't do that. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, camp promises that they're going to cook food for those kids. You don't know if you're going to accidentally buy something with an allergen for that child. Um, also, it's your money. Please, you don't make a lot of money as a summer camp counselor in the first place in most cases. So please, I understand your desire and care for that child. Please don't do that. And another thing is um, from an outside perspective that will 100% look like grooming to a camp director. It will look like you're going out of your way to try and treat that camper with a little bit of something extra special. So um, as caring as an individual as you might be trying to be in that moment, please hold back from it. I understand where your intentions come from, but your actions are saying something different. So. Um, just something I want to put out there for the creative thinkers who really care. Um, no, that's a great point, Oliver. That's good. Um, so let's get into those side options. Uh, we talked about the peanut butter and the jelly side that is sometimes available. Sometimes it's not peanut butter. Sometimes it's uh, sun nut butter, which is another fantastic option. And it's allergen free for those kids who might be allergic to peanuts. Uh, but there's also typically a salad soup bar is available. Uh, I think most camps are starting to do this. Because they do know kids are picky eaters and they do know allergies have become really a big pressing issue um, that parents are concerned about. So you probably will have something at your camp. Just make sure the kids aren't eating the same thing over and over and over again, right? If a kid eats salad for five days straight, that's not actually a healthy option. It's actually a little concerning. Uh, If you know what your kitchen has on the menu as well, so if you have that menu in your cabin, you've been going over it, you might know what's in reserve, right? So if a camper really likes one meal and then you get into the next meal and um, the kitchen, they're not willing to eat that, you might be able to go up to the kitchen and say, hey, do you have any lasagna from last night that we can warm up and give to them instead? I sometimes will go with like a simple bowl of cereal because it's really easy and the kitchen can grab it real fast. Um, those are a little bit good things to do. Uh, understand that your kitchen is trying to serve a lot of people during a meal. So they yeah. are concerned about serving all those other people. And when you come up with that one child, it's like, oh, they couldn't just eat the thing we made. Um, so <clears throat> be considerate of what your kitchen is doing. If you're a support staff member who's listening to this, which is a possibility, just know that, you know, that counselor is also trying to feed this kid who is just being a picky eater at the time. So everyone is stressed. Just be considerate of others. Um, I like to say, don't yuck my yum. Couldn't be a camp director if I didn't say it. Um, if you have a picky eater and they're looking at something that they don't like and they're sitting there going, that's disgusting. That's gross. That could spread to the rest of the cabin. So one of the first things I like to say to kids is don't have yum. Like we like this and you know, we're going to enjoy it, but let's find you something that you enjoy because we're not going to yuck your yum. Uh, we talked about, you know, not my mom's cooking, make sure you keep that portion control. Um, but that's an important thing as well for making sure that campers are taking what they like and they're not going to eat too much of it because a camper who may be a picky eater may say like, Ooh, I'm going to eat all of the carrots in the salad bar. 
right? But then they get back and the salad doesn't take like the carrots that their mom buys because who knows? I figure all carrots taste the same, but you never know. So make sure campers are taking the right portion size for them. If they are a picky eater, sometimes you see them go in that opposite direction where they take everything that does taste good to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just emphasize healthy foods. Matt, Matt shouted out earlier about this idea of this, the world's greatest salad bar. A lot of the times the healthy foods are the things that the kids don't want to eat. It's where they're becoming picky. So make the healthy stuff cool. Be the cool person who eats them too. You should eat healthy as well. You're working in a summer camp. You're out in the sun all day. Get some food inside your belly. That is going to give you good nutritional calories, right? Uh, those are my big points for picky eaters. Matt, do you have anything else you wanted to mention? No, I think that's. I think it's good. I think it's just again the example that you said is so so important in pretty much everything that we will talk about on this podcast ever. Your example makes a big big difference. Cool. All right, uh, let's move on then to table games and topics. How can you keep your table entertaining uh, for your campers while they're there? Uh, we've talked about the family style, how it's important to have those conversations at the table, um, even if it is buffet style. That we're still at a table. We're still converse, conversating about what's going on. So super important there. Uh, <clears throat> so let's talk about a few games. Um, a lot of the times games are meant to be fun with a reason. So if your camp may have a game that may attack a camper for having bad manners or um, maybe not doing something at a table that's expected, like putting their elbows on the table, or like if they spill something or something like that, um, please remember that the games are meant to have fun at the table. They're not meant to pick on a camper who has made a mistake. So think about the game. Think about the reason why we play the game. And if this is a tradition at your camp, you don't have to go all out and challenge it, but just think about it. Like, is that something that we want to practice at my table here in the dining hall? Mm. And it's totally okay if you say to your cabin of kids, like, hey, we're not really going to play that this year. I, you know, I, it's just not something our table is going to do. You don't need to challenge tradition. You don't need to call them out on it because you're going to start a debate amongst children and that's not always great, but you can say something along the lines of like, hey, our camp's going to dial that back a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> on the other note, if you are the table that gets really wild and crazy and having fun games, as I have been guilty to do, uh, and I could tell some great stories about how I got in trouble doing this, um, just remember to dial it back. Sometimes you can't, don't go too far. You'll get the whole camp going. Um, <laughs> I think that's like a first class counselors after dark episode where we explained all the ways that we got in trouble. Yeah. Um, that will um, check out that episode in February. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Camp in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Matt, do you want to shoot one out real quick? Sure. I, I have some um, activities that are good for conversation. Um, and because I find that sometimes, you know, it, like we said, if Netflix is, is entertaining or is Paw Patrol, if Paw Patrol is entertaining your meals. You might not know how to talk to people. And sometimes you as a counselor might not be comfortable with that too. And that's totally cool. So here are three things you can do to promote conversation at your table. One, you can ask really easy, open questions. My go-to when I don't know what to say to a kid is what was the best thing you did today? Or if you could only do one activity at camp for the rest of your life, what would it be? Or if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Just those questions where they can, you know, give you an answer and then you can ask questions about um, that thing. Or if they say, you know, I would only do archery for the rest of my life. Like, oh, tell me about like archery. What did you do? What did you do in archery at camp? Um, Just start the conversation from there. You can also use, I I remember one of the counselors I worked with brought a little um, pack of kids trivial pursuit um, cards. So it had just like little quiz questions on it and they could uh, just ask you know, fun facts and quizzes, quiz questions with your table, and then that can spark conversation. Um, one thing that I made um, 
which I, which was a really uh, a good use for me as a counselor was I called them table toppers. Um, and it was because in the program room at camp, we had four different colors of dice. Um, so it was like purple, red, blue, and green. And what would happen is there was a laminated sheet that I made that I put on my table. And on from one to six in each color, it had a different icebreaker question with like different topics. Um, so like blue dice was all about superheroes. Red dice was like, what's your favorite? Um, uh, purple dice was like, would you rather? Obviously appropriate question. Um, and then so campers could choose the, the throughout the meal. The rule was that everyone had to roll at least one dice once. Um, and if everyone did that, then, you know, that was that was what you're supposed to do. And those just prompted, it was like a game that prompted questions. So it wasn't just you asking constantly. The kids would ask it to each other. Um, so it was just a way to spark conversation. And I remember some meals where, you know, we would get in trouble for going too long in a meal because we were just asking each other questions or it sparked really funny conversations. So um, if you're interested in one of those table topper sheets, I think I still have one on my computer. I can send it over to you. Um, yeah. If you remember to do that, send me an email and I'll... Uh, Send you my tabletop sheet. No, Oliver, what about you? Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about a few games. And the first thing I want to emphasize before, and I think I talked about it a little bit, but make sure your camp allows these games. Mm. I know that um, in the past, a lot of these games, and like Matt just said, camp games after dark, sometimes you can, these are games that have been canceled at a lot of camps because somebody probably took it a little too far, right? Mm. It just was too much. So remember when you play these games, they're meant to serve a purpose. Don't go too far on them. Um, so, like, one of my favorite games when I was a camp counselor back in the day uh, was just freeze, right? And this was all meant to get campers to pause what they're doing, what they're eating. And then as a camp counselor, you'd go around and you'd, like, put baloney, like, on another piece of food for them. You'd, like, flip their plate upside down. Like, you would not make a mess, but you'd change things up a bit. But the whole idea was that you would get to see that every camper was eating. You'd get them to tone down a little bit for about a second if they were getting a little too crazy. Um, I think the problem came with this game was things went a little too far and counselors started. I had one occasion of a counselor putting ketchup in a camper's ear, which is bad, bad idea, right? Yeah, tough to get out. <laughs> so remember your job is to have fun with these kids, not torture them. Um, and the game freeze is really meant for you to get a good idea of what's going on at your table um, mm. and to be able to walk up and down and see everything. So um, don't go too crazy. Don't make too big of a mess, but it's a good way for you to check on your table and see how everything's doing. You can also, we talked about this in transitions, you can do this on the trail, freeze, and that way everyone can catch up to each other. Um, another good game to play at your table is Waterfall. So uh, this is a really classic game where you take a pitcher of water, you hold it over the table, and you count five, four, three, and then you slowly and then eventually tip the water and it starts to pour out, and campers have to try and catch the water with their cups. Uh, this is a good game for making sure kids are hydrating at the table and it's where it stems from, but... Again, sometimes people forget that these games are meant to hydrate and counselors will spill water all over the table and make a huge mess and it gets out of control. So um, I say a really good tri uh, trick is put like some napkins down below just before you're actually pour or a little bowl. So when you actually do start to pour, if the campers don't catch it or something, it's going to get caught on those things beneath. Make sure that your camp allows this game as well. Mm -hmm. um, Trivia food pass. If you have those trivia cards that Matt was just talking about, you can pass food by asking trivia questions, which is always really good. Um, you can print them off or just grab some trivia pursuit cards. Uh, another one that I liked is sometimes you can do a trading meal. So you can look at the table next to you and be like, I'll trade you four pieces of bread for three forks. And the whole idea is you trade with another table and you try and get some of their belongings. So then they have to eat with their hands instead of 
um, having a fork or you trade them for their water. Don't, um, <clears throat> if you are a counselor, make sure they still get their food and everything that they need, but it's a little bit of a fun game to trade things around. There's another version of it where you do it for a whole meal and every team or every table gets their own product and then they trade to other people, but it's a big meal and it's a lot to think about. It's a camp director call probably on that one. Uh, and then I just love asking dumb questions at the table that create great debates. Um, in my friend's office right now on his back wall, we have this question in a graph as the answer and it is, is cereal a soup? And we have an entire graph that we broke down. Is it a soup? And it's insanely beautiful. If anybody emails me and, or texts me or whatever, we'll give our things in the show notes. I will send you a picture of this and you will be impressed. And I will explain how it works. It is the most campiest graph I've ever seen. It's just with marker on a giant pad, but um, it's hilarious. But there's like time to like time of in milk to soup ratio. So if cereal, you know, it gets soft when it's in milk too long. So it's outside of the soup box until a certain time period. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, but other dumb questions will really get kids going. So will it taco, right? Is another great one. Is water wet was a big thing that was on the internet a long time ago. Can it hot dog? Is a hot dog a taco? Is a taco a hot dog? Favorites, least favorite things. If I had a billion dollars, how would I spend it? But as you say how you spend it, you have to say what the cost of the expenses are that you spend. Your kids actually get a really good idea of how much a billion dollars is actually. It's a, lot. It's a really good, fun conversation. Um, the one thing that I do say, stay away from at your table, and I'm guilty of this as a counselor, and I've grown up since then, please stay away from eating competitions. Um, <clears throat> this is just a policy that I've had because I've seen campers get sick from eating too much, right? They, um, the thousand taco t challenge or the thousand hot dog challenge, please. Uh, eating competitions, a little risky as a camp director in my mind, but if your camp allows them, you know, do it safely, please. Uh, Matt, do you have something else? Yeah, my last one here would be that. So some some camps that I've heard of do so. Hopping is when, like Oliver was saying, being a waiter or waitress or, or server, um, and scraping is when you scrape the all the food onto one plate, so it's easier to clean. I, I know that some camps do hopping and scraping games, and anyone who um, has, excuse me, anyone who has worked with me in the past uh, knows my belief about hopping and scraping games. Uh, so sometimes those games are they'll use like freeze, like Oliver was saying, or a different game to decide who's going to be the person to hop or scrape. Um, and my person, this is just a hundred percent. My personal belief is that, um, that we should always be teaching kids to serve our community and that it's a good thing to help each other. So, and, and if, if you do it where there's a hopping and scraping game, you're teaching them that it's a punishment to help each other. So um, that's the reason why I've, I haven't allowed it at the camps that I've worked at. Um, it wasn't allowed. And that was my influence as a camper, too. It wasn't allowed when I was a camper. Um, a cool thing to do otherwise was that at a conference or a workshop that I went to, um, if you took your, your table's plates and stuff back to the kitchen, somebody was waiting by the door with, um, a, they call it a community pin. And basically, it was literally just a safety pin with little tiny beads threaded on the safety pin. And everyone wore a name tag at this conference, and you just clipped that safety pin to your name tag, and that was your little like reward for helping the community. It was it's it's beads and a safety pin, people. It's not like you're getting a five dollar gift certificate. It, it's really simple, but it was that like positive reinforcement for helping the community and and teaching kids that lesson that it's it's a good thing to help your community. 
Um, you're not always going to get a reward, but um, you know it, it's kind of the opposite of that scraping game. It's mentality. So, um, and and if if you do have a hopping and scraping and, and you don't want to view those community pins, just make a schedule. It's a, something as simple as that um, that you can uh, you can say, okay, uh, Billy's going to hop this day, um, Timmy's the next day, and Sammy's the next day, and then you have a rotating hopping and scraping schedule so that everyone has everyone gets to do it at the same. Uh, and then the coolest of all games would be a food fight in the dining hall. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not. Oh, we tricked you. Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Food fights uh, were this thing in like 90s, like camp movies for sure. Um, I don't think I can think of a camp movie that doesn't have some type of food affair where things just get messy. I always, it's not a food fight, but I always think of um, heavyweights like halfway through the movie where they've taken over and this is a spoiler but they like raid the kitchen and cover themselves in whipped cream and chocolate sauce and that's crazy but yeah food fights are a waste of food right in today's world please don't waste that much food um they're also a big mess and i've also from somebody who's been in a food fight who's a close friend of mine um told me that he was bullied during a food fight he was like a younger camper and was hiding under a table and then some older campers found him and like threw mashed potatoes or uh whatever the meal was in his face. So. Yeah, uh, if you think you're going to be the cool counselor and start a food fight, that is a good way to get reprimanded. So please, don't start a food fight. Um, if your camp is one that does food fights, um, I would love to hear about it. But uh, yeah, I. But that doesn't mean you can't be creative and try to think of some type of other alternative, right? Um, one event that I remember doing as a counselor is we made pizza and we did like a flour fight, and the flour was really easy to clean up. Don't, as long as you use like dust fans and stuff, don't use water or it just kind of becomes a like goo. Um, but it was a lot of fun and we made pizza and it was a good time and we cleaned up our mess afterwards. But it wasn't a food fight um, where we were really wasting food. Uh, <clears throat> so think of that creative solution. And I've been trying to think of a creative one. And the only thing I think about is like getting all these tarps in the dining hall and covering everything from top to bottom, <laughs> um, which I could only imagine the expense of in the first place. But um, if you're if your uh, camp director wants to risk it for the food fight, um, let them go ahead and do it. But um, yeah, um, it's a trick. Uh, don't do a food fight. Well, I think I think it's really just getting to the idea that like a food fight is like lazy programming. You're just like I'm gonna take this thing and throw it at people. It's like you could at least be playing dodgeball, um, <laughs> which has some structure and you're not wasting tons of food. Um, and I think to kind of tie this up, I think Oliver, you said it earlier, it's just about the why behind the things that we do, right? So the reason, you know, and, and I didn't tell people that, you know, we're not doing scraping games anymore, period. I said, you know, we're not going to do scraping games because we want to, you know, we want to teach kids that it's good to help the community. Um, the perfect example of that is, you know, in, I want you, uh, if you're listening, to picture your camp dining hall. It's, you know, it's kind of quiet. There's some conversation happening. And then out of the corner of your eye and ear, you see a whole tray of food drop on the ground. Some kid is taking it back to the kitchen and it drops on the ground. What is your and what do you hope your camper's next action to be? And I really hope that that action isn't to either applaud them or to say, Opa, or something like that. Because I want you to think about what that teaches or what the lesson is behind that. Um, because... I had a great camp director who said that the first thing you should do is go and help that person. And if you're not going to go help that person, then you sure as heck shouldn't put them on the spot. 
and make them feel bad for making a mistake. Um, so I, I think it's just in all of these things, we're teaching kids to be respectful and kind. Um, if people are making announcements in your dining hall, if that happens, then you should be listening. You should get your campers to listen because, um, again, the example that you set really, really, really matters. Um, all right, sweet. Um, and just for those of you guys that are listening, uh, if you go and check out these show notes, we do have a, like a list of other creative meal plans and fun things that you can do. Uh, we'll probably do a podcast about them at some point because we just have a lot and they're a lot of fun. But for now, that's our show and check out the show notes, show notes if you want to, but it's time to get ready for next summer. So Matt, what are you going to be doing to get ready for summer 2020? Yes, that's right. I, so for some reason this week, I found myself in the grocery store three times. Um, once because I thought we had enough for a meal and then I, we had to go get something. And then I went tonight to do a shop for the weekend. And um, we were talking about food. So my brain was kind of thinking about like, how, what are we teaching kids when it comes to food? And I love that Oliver were on the same page about being really, um, really intentional about not wasting food. Um, so what I want you to do as a counselor this week is when you go to the grocery store or when you're eating this week, I want you to really think about um, things like how hard it is to buy food that isn't packaged in plastic or how many people don't use reusable shopping bags or use those little like small plastic bags that they put produce in. Um, and I want you to think about those small, easy ways that not only you can help the environment, but you can shape your worldview and your experiences to pass on to campers. Um, when you start noticing these things, it's really hard to not notice them. Um, and it's taken my partner and I a long time to like buy enough to have reusable bags and reusable produce bags and um, reusable straws and those things. And, and, but I wouldn't have learned that if it hadn't been for somebody telling me. And campers might not experience that at home. Maybe their parents always use uh, plastic grocery bags when they go to the grocery store. So if you can, you can teach kids about where their food comes from and all those great things, but it's more genuine if you have that lived experience first. So think about this week or this until our next episode, think about your global impact when it comes to eating and going to the grocery store. Yep. Sweet. That's such a good get ready because um, it has a world impact on it. Uh, mine is if you are going to eat your next meal, do it a little bit shorter um, and try to get that table to about chest level so that when you're eating, you have to like reach over the top and grab things. This is a shout out to, I think something that, um, Beth Allison talks about in Go Camp Pro, or sorry, in her Camp Code podcast, but it was such a cool thing that I heard about. I never really thought about it, but kids are tiny, and it's really hard for them to reach over things and grab stuff when the table's right there in their chest. So I love that idea that you've got to learn that for kids, that's tough to do, and to put yourself in their shoes, which is something I love to do. Um, you pay attention to some of my other get readies, but Try to like reach over things, put your chest down at table level and try to eat a meal like that. And you'll really start to understand why campers are constantly trying to stand up at meals or why they're sitting in weird positions, like with their foot under their butt so they can get a little taller to reach things um, or why they like knock over water and stuff all the time. So um, put your head into the mind of a camper, eat a meal. We are down like this if you're watching YouTube and you can learn to eat as a little bit shorter of a person. Oh, that's good. I like that one. Yeah, thank Beth for that one. That's not me. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty smart. They give, and we're not just giving them a shout out because they gave us a shout out on their last episode, which was like the coolest moment ever for us. 
I know positive reinforcement is great, but positive <laughs> reinforcement from someone that you may or may not look upon as a hero is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Camp Code podcast. All right, cool. Um, Matt, if somebody's listening to the show and they want more from you, how are they going to get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me anytime by emailing me at Matt, that's M A T T, at gocamp.pro. Or you can find me on Instagram uh, at Iscus, which is my camp name, I-S-C-U-S. I recently made the decision to make my Instagram not a private account anymore um, because I don't post anything spicy anyway. I just post about you know, my partner and food and dogs. And, and, you know, so it's all good. Follow me on Instagram and uh, tell me about uh, the podcast that you like. If you, here's the challenge. I usually send a challenge for people like to, so I know people are listening to the show. What I want you to do is send me a DM on Instagram with the poop emoji. That's it. My favorite emoji. Just send that emoji to me and um, I'll send you something special. Yeah. Um, if you want to get in contact with me, you can simply just go to Oliver.Gregan. That's G-R-E-G-A-N at G-H-Y-M-C-A dot org. Or you can just hit me up on Facebook. It's just my name, Oliver Gregan. You can find me on Messenger. I love answering questions. I love talking camp. So please do so. So if you did enjoy today's episode, we'd be so grateful if you left us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only tell us what you like about our show, but what you don't like about our show. And it helps us boost our rankings and helps people discover what we do here. That's right. And remember that you can find our show notes and all uh, some more goodness and details at camphacker.tv slash podcast. There's lots of great stuff there and uh, from our show and other Go Camp Pro podcasts like Camp Code out there. So, uh, so we'd be appreciative if you check that out and read the show notes. Um, Oliver and I do put some work into those to make sure that they're useful for you. So um, we, uh, we hope that you check those out too. Thanks for listening, friends. Camp is camp and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, Camp Rose. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, we hope that whenever you share an idea that you learn from the Camp Hacker podcast, conference, summer camp professionals group, or wherever else, that you're quick to give credit where credit is due. That way, we can all encourage more Camp Pros to share the tips and tricks that will make camp better.